Good afternoon, Bars Nation. It is Friday, August 11th, and this is Bended Knee. This is Duncan from Kilted Christian. I'm going to be taking over Fridays on Bended Knee for Scott. Remember that the um, regular prayer show that we normally do on Fridays is going to be Saturday mornings now. So definitely uh, do not miss that. So uh, today's show, um, I think is going to be quite fitting, and it will make a little bit more sense as to why I'm doing this particular topic today, tonight, during Bards FM. You do not want to miss Bards FM this evening. I'm going to have a nice little announcement, a little something that we've been working on for a while. You guys are going to be very, very excited, hopefully as excited as we are. So today's topic that I'm going to get into before prayer, and then we'll finish it up afterwards, is uh, God opening doors. God opening doors and shutting doors. And Sometimes it's difficult to tell because the devil likes to intervene in our life as much as God does. And uh, sometimes it gets very difficult to tell um, what doors are opening by whom. And uh, I'm going to go over a couple little things, uh, mainly after we get done with the prayer. I'm going over uh, those doors opening and how to tell who is opening that door for you. But also remember is that sometimes God doesn't just open doors for you. He closes them. And uh, it's important because as humans, we get lost. We get um, confused. We pay a lot of attention sometimes to what's happening on this earth rather than what's happening in the heavens and the kingdom where we should be keeping our eyes. So we think we know what's best for us sometimes. Our heart tells us we think we know what's best, but ultimately God does. And sometimes things come in disguise. Things are like, wow, why are we going through these trials and these tribulations? And God uses these things to make us stronger um, to give us what we need, not what we think we need, but what God knows we need. Even some of those things that come into our lives, we question, like, why would God put this into my life? And we have to remember, we don't know where things are going. We can see what's happening directly in our lives right now, but we don't know necessarily where things are going. But God knows what's going to happen from what he puts into your life. He knows what's happening in the past, the present, and the future, just like when we pray. Um, he knows the prayer before it even comes out of our mouths because God listens to our heart, not our lips. So um, an example of uh, closing doors in order to open the doors, and just in my life in particular, I'll give you an example. As many of you know, I used to work for the Stars um, hockey, and I used to work for the Spurs basketball team. And I thought it was a great job. I really loved it. One of the best things that I've done in my lifetime. Um, had some wonderful friends, so I thought. Um, and then I started getting more into politics. I started talking about a guy named Donald Trump, which they didn't really care for. I really started to open up and talking about God in a place that really lacks God, which is over, you know, basically Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, certain places like that really needs God right now. So one day um, I made the mistake and I accidentally loaded one of my political videos onto my resume. It was an accident. I thought I was loading it to something else on YouTube, but my resume was what was open. And it didn't take very long before the Spurs ended up seeing this video. Um, they let me go. They passed it on to the stars. The stars ended up letting me go. And along with that, losing that job, I lost all of my friends. I had like one person left in the town that I lived in that to this day is stuck by my side, but I lost hundreds of other friends and I was pretty devastated. You know, I was like, God, why, why did you do this to me? I thought everything was going great. I finally had a job where I was making a decent living, a job that I was proud, you know, to talk about, you know, and pride, boy, that boy, that's one of the reasons God removed this from me. Take away a little ego, take a little bit of pride and kind of makes you reevaluate. So I was devastated, just like many of us would have been, you know, losing jobs that we really loved, um, not having a way to support our families anymore. I mean, I was devastated all around. And on top of that, who did I have to talk to? I lost all of my friends, all literally in one go. I didn't have anyone to lean on, anyone to talk to, anyone to help me get through, get me through these times. Um, so I was devastated, but, um, what ended up happening is I was like, okay, well, I need to refocus. I need to start focusing on something else to get my mind off what I thought were trials and tribulations. You know, God, why'd you do this to me? And I started making videos under the name Payne's Angels. Actually, originally it was a uh, Fortnite Payne's, and then I moved into Payne's Angels originally. And I think, or eventually, and I think a lot of you guys may have seen some of the videos that I've done. And it was mainly just to get my mind off of things. So I thought, um, but really it was God opening the other door. And I didn't realize at that time that what God had done when he closed the door for me is he was kind of, you know, humbling me a little bit, get letting, you know, pulling the ego away because I got a little bit too proud of what I was doing. You know, I felt like a rock star. I was making um, intro videos, uh, commercials for these teams, you know, the uh, right before a team would come out onto the I would play my intro video. You'd have 30,000 people on their feet screaming, you know, so I felt like a rock star. And like I said, I may have gotten a little bit of a big head. Well, God was like, no, 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 no humble you so he took that away and i'm like well why did you take my friends away 
And he's like, were those your friends? And I was, you know, thinking that they were, but they turned on me because I was openly talking about God. I was openly talking about, you know, politics, something that we used to be able to discuss without, you know, people hating you for it. But no. And the longer I realized that all God did was uh, humble me and he removed a lot of poison from my life. And those were all the people that I thought were my friends. But friends, they stand by you. They don't turn their backs on you because you are religious or because you have a certain political not have. Those aren't real friends. Those are just people that were kind of filling a gap and avoiding your life. You know, they weren't friends. So as I started doing the Pains Angels videos, um, I started realizing that, you know, God was speaking to me a whole lot more. Maybe I was listening a little bit better. I don't know. But um, I started realizing how easily these things came together. I realized that I was actually doing something that wasn't benefiting me. It was hopefully, you know, in my heart, I was hoping it was helping benefit other people. Um, opening their eyes a little bit to what was happening in this world. Opening their eyes a little bit to the truth in this world where we have been lied to our entire lives. Um, and then, uh, you know, recently, um, I guess over the last couple of years, I got closer and closer and closer and closer to God every single day. My videos became less political and more spiritual, more God-based. And that's when I realized that God had closed the door only to open another one, a door that not benefited myself, but helped benefit other people as well as myself, because I got closer to the Lord Almighty. I had a stronger relationship with God. God knew what I needed, and uh, he brought it into my life. And then, like I said, I moved away from politics when I realized that the politics is very unimportant if you don't recognize the spiritual war that's going on around us, if you don't have God in your life and you don't realize why the evil is happening in this world. Like I said, God closes doors sometimes, but we just need to be patient. And having that relation with God allows us to understand that he does things in our best interest. Nothing that God does in our lives is going to work against us in the long run. It all is a benefit to us and a benefit to other people. As Christians, we watch out for one another. We do for others. And then, and by doing for others, we end up benefiting ourselves. It's no different than when you down someone or when you harm someone. You're ultimately harming yourself because these are all God's children. We need to watch out for them. And once again, God is always there to do what is right in our life. And just because we can't see it right here in this very moment doesn't mean that things aren't going to be more beautiful in the long run, just like they are today. So what's happened since Pain's Angels? I ended up doing this, um, getting um, really good friends with Scott, who is now allowing me to do bended knee prayer show, bringing people together every single day at the same exact time in prayer, which is exactly what we need to do. Another opportunity during the day to bring family together. And that's right. I said family. Remember when I said God closed that door and I was wondering why he took my friends out of my lives? What well, he ended up removing the poison. But what did he do? He ended up bringing friends, which I call family, which is all of you. All of you that join for Kilt to Christian every night. All these people that are all of you that are in Bard's Nation. The ones that are here right now in chat. The ones that are going to join us um, and watch these shows later on. God knows what he's doing. He took the bane from my life and gave me beauty. And I've never been happier in my life. I also ended up finding my fiance in the midst of this war as well. Because once I realized where my focus needed to be, and that was on God, and I put everything behind God, God was number one, numero uno in my life. He ended up bringing the things that I had not had in my life. And one of those was the greatest love that I've ever found. We're going to be getting married here in the next couple of weeks. I am just as excited as can be. And we always, like I said, just need to step back and understand that no matter how bad things seem today, um, sometimes they're just there to strengthen us. Sometimes God is just preparing us for what he's about to do, that door that's going to open, that's going to bring more love and what we need into our life. And what do we need more than anything? Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, it is 11 minutes after the hour. So let's go ahead and pray to Jesus Christ and our Lord Almighty. Everybody, please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for absolutely everything that you bless us with every single day. Thank you for giving us these opportunities. Um, sometimes we take a lot of these things for granted. Sometimes we don't even know. Sometimes we, we curse you just going, why did you bring this into my life, dear Lord? But the closer we get to you, the more we unify with one another, the more of an understanding that we have is that the things that you do in our lives are always going to benefit us. It's no different, Heavenly Father, than, than a good workout. You know, you're going to be sore and sore and sore when you first start working out. But one day you're no longer sore. You're building that muscle. But right now, dear Lord, what are you building for us? You're building our spiritual muscles. You are getting us prepared for a war that we are about to walk into. Even the one that we're in right now. So, Father, I ask that you please just give us a discernment. 
when you open the doors for us, let us know it is you. Dear Lord, let us not be confused when the devil makes those same things that you do and, and make us think that you're the one opening up a door when it's actually him. Let us have the discernment to recognize what you are doing for us and let us recognize what the devil is doing for us, dear Lord. Let us be hone those skills, you know, as you put us on our mission so that we can get ready for this battle against the demons and the devil. Let us open up our eyes more and more every single day, Father, so that we can see what that veil that you were lifting up, see underneath it, have a better understanding of what life really is, what you have um, destined for us right here on this earth. Father, I just thank you for all the friends that you have brought into my life, which have become family. All of us are one big, strong family. Dear Lord, while the rest of the world and the devil tries to divide everybody, you are unifying us. And I'm seeing more and more examples of that every single day. Father, you know better than there was a day when I would listen to some of the Christians just brag or just talk about how much they love you and how much you brought in their life and the doors opening. And I just would look at the ground sometimes shaking my head. Oh my goodness, another one of them. But you know what, Father? I am one of them now because you allow me to truly understand and to see what those people were once talking about. Those same people that I made fun of at one day, I have become, and I am thankful for that. Because, Father, you had patience with me. You've had patience with every one of us here because all of us have been sinners in our lives, dear Lord. And that we met you, our lives got purpose. And I thank you for that. Lives are very boring and mundane. If It's just eat, sleep, work, and repeat. But with you in our lives, dear Lord, life is so much more than that. We realize that our focuses are, are off, that we're focusing on the heavenly or the earthly things. We're focusing on money, dear Lord. We're not focusing on the kingdom and, and, and serving you. But dear Lord, the day that we found you, the day that we asked you into our hearts, the day that we held your hand everywhere that we walked from that day on, we had a true, true understanding as to what we were here for this on this earth, a better way to serve you. And there was so much more satisfaction and doing something greater than our Lord. We spent many times, just like many humans, focusing on ourselves, dear Lord, but you have given us all purpose, and you have chosen every one of us to be here at this very time, so that we're walking into this battle, dear Lord, as your greatest warriors. We're apparently your greatest warriors, because we could have been born at any time in life's history, but you chose us to be here today. And Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for choosing me and everyone here. I want to thank you for the honor that it is to serve in your army with all of these wonderful people, dear Lord, all the people that are washed in your blood. And we're watching your army grow more and more every single day. Father, I ask that you never, ever let us forget to pray for our enemies, to pray for those people that hate us, that despise us, that turn their backs on us, even those people that you took out of my lives, dear Lord, when you closed one door to open another. Let us pray for them. Let us have faith that you can do anything. You have turned some of the coldest hearts and some of your greatest warriors, dear Lord, and I assume that's going to happen more and more as we move forward. Dear Lord, every day I see more and more examples of people that are waking up, not just to the lies of this earth, not just understanding the truth, but they're coming to you, Father. We have, we have let you down, and we're making up for it right now, dear Lord. And part of the thing that we can do is to spread the gospel from nation to nation, just like you asked us to, to tell our testimonies, to tell our stories, just like uh, the people from the Godcast, the host from the Godcast, that give, bring people on to give their testimonies, which end up being some of those stories that change people's lives. Dear Lord, let us never judge anybody. Dear Lord, judgment is for you. Let us always spread that gospel, make them aware of what needs to happen, the truth, your word, but never let us judge any father because one day those people are going to wake up and hopefully we assisted in that. Not a thing that we do on this earth lacks you, dear Lord. Every great thing that happens in this earth is because of you. You work through us. We are your arms. We are your legs. We are your voices. And father, I am so thankful that you have brought us all together so that we can be part of this mission. So once again, Father, I ask that you please give us the discernment, the courage, the strength, love in our hearts. Fear not, dear Lord. Remove the anxiety from us. Heal us, dear Lord, those that are sick. Help take care of those, dear Lord, that are in financial problems right now. And let us all remember, never ever forget that you give us everything that we need. We don't need the things that we want. We need the things that we need, the things that survive, and you were always going to provide that for us, Father. So, dear Lord, and thanks to all that you do for us, and we can never, ever thank you enough. We can never, ever do enough for the sacrifice you have given us, but let us be willing to sacrifice everything in our lives to serve you, dear Lord, during this war. Dear Lord, if we die on the battlefield, don't let it be in vain. Just let us never forget that the next trip that we have is home. 
Dear Lord, I've been in the middle of a move for the last couple of weeks, and you know how stressful that has been. And the greatest trip, the greatest move that we're ever going to make is when we ascend into heaven, dear Lord, when you call us home. We won't have to pack for it. We won't even have to bring our bodies, dear Lord. All we're going to have is the soul and the love that you have given us, dear Lord. So let us work every single day to be better people, to be better Christians, to be better followers of Jesus Christ, to help others find that same love, not through the words that we say, but through the actions that we give. Dear Lord, let us inspire others to be what we have found in our lives, dear Lord. Let us make one person a day find you, find Christianity. Let us not worry about the numbers. Let us not worry about how far our arm reaches around this world, our podcast or anything like that. Let us always be thankful because if one person is changed by the words and the actions that we do, the prayers that we give, the shows that we do, the tweets that we tweet, dear Lord, let us use every platform we have in your name. But if we were to change one person through you, we have been a complete success, dear Lord. And I thank you. I thank you so much. And with all of my heart and all of our hearts, dear Lord, we say we love you. In Jesus Christ's name and our Heavenly Father's name, I pray. Amen. Guys, I tell you, I love Jesus. I love God. And when you accept him into your heart, you, you have an understanding and a love that you never, ever thought that you could understand or feel. And every day, I wonder, how could I be more excited about God than I was yesterday? But somehow, God manages to do that every single day. I see miracles. You know, when we um, when we started looking for a house because we wanted to get away from the the city that we, um, you know, it says uh, get away from the cities. You won't have time to go back for your cloak. Well, we're coming quickly to that time. And to me, the suburbs was, was too close to the city. So I wanted to get out. We wanted to homestead. We wanted to build a garden, be more um, self-sustainable, dear Lord, get closer to you. And as we look for a place, we look in in other states. And then one day I opened my mind just to look into one more state, which was Kentucky. And I was looking for houses and I found one that I really loved. It was affordable. I called and what happened? It was sold the day before. So I went to the website, to the real agency. I ended up looking and I found this house and I was like, wow, I love this place. It's affordable. So I copied and pasted or copied it and was going to paste it to my fiance's um, text so she could see it. And right before I pasted it, I looked down and noticed that she had sent me um, a link too. So I clicked on that link and it was the very house that I had just seen. And I knew immediately, okay, I need to go ahead and make a bid on this house immediately. So I did. We ended up getting this house. Was I nervous? Yeah, I was, I was really nervous because I wasn't quite sure, you know, much about where I was going. I'd done a little bit of research on this place. I knew that it was a highly conservative. I knew it was a big Christian community. Um, I knew that there was at least 14 churches in a town of 2,800 per capita. That's absolutely amazing. So I ended up going, okay, this is where we need to go. And that wasn't enough because my mother, who I'm with, and we're going to be taking care of her for the rest of her life, was quite nervous herself because at her age, she's going to be moving to another state she had never um, been to. She was going to be living in a new house. And it was just, Remnant were right down from Bardstown, literally like 45 minutes from Bardstown, which I found kind of ironic too. And I took that as one of the signs. Um, but what God did is he went over and above to give me sign after sign after sign that this is where we were supposed to go. He reassured us in every way, even to the point where my mother couldn't deny it anymore. So when we get here, we find this to be one of the sweetest places ever. Your grumpiest person in this town is still nicer than the nicest person that we ran into where I came from. Then I found more and more Christian people. Doors started opening up. We started meeting the pillars of this community. And within two and a half weeks of being here, we are becoming part of this community. And we're becoming a big part of this community. And I am so grateful. Um, I was watching my show or I was doing my show one day, Kilted Christian. And uh, we had Matt and Hev who popped in and they asked, well, where are you guys moving? And we mentioned the name of the town that we were living. And they said, we live there. The odds of that are astronomical. A town of 2,800 people and two people watch my very small show. The astronomical. But once again, I took it immediately as a sign from our heavenly father. And father didn't stop there. He kept giving us signs over and over and over again. There is no question we're in the right place. And tonight, guys, when Scott does Bards FM, you're going to realize that we had more signs than we ever, ever imagined. And there is absolutely no question that we are exactly where we need to be. God opened that door. We listened. And we walked down that path. And we found exactly where we need to be. 
and I couldn't be more excited and more happy. And I'm really looking forward to Bards Nation tonight so that you guys can be as excited as I am. And I know you will. There's been some things we've been working on in the background. Because like I said at the beginning of this show, sometimes God opens doors, but sometimes God has to close a door before he opens another door. So I'm going to go ahead and, and talk a little bit about um, God opening doors. So God, um, so God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. Job 37, 5. God says detour ahead. It's not a matter of whether God opens. It's a matter of what doors he opens and whether or not you are willing to walk through those doors, that you're open your mind enough to listen. You know, pray to God and ask him, God, are you opening this door as a devil trying to deceive me to walk through a door that I shouldn't be going through? The question is, are we going to walk through those doors that God opens? So when it comes to opening doors for me and for you, it is important to remember that his ways are not our ways. The doors that God opens are oftentimes doors to detours or pit stops on the way to the place that he ultimately wants to bring you. You know, we walk through those doors and we're like, well, well what did he have intended for me here? But like I said, sometimes that door was just to get you to the next door or to the next door, which is ultimately the door that God was trying to lead you through. Um, you meet people on the way and God opens those doors for him, brings you into their life. That may be a door. Like I said, the doors that God opens are always going to be in a benefit to us. We just need to be patient and we need to understand that we will figure out why God opens those doors in, in the long run. It's easy to see what God brings directly into our lives. And sometimes we question those things. Like, why would God bring this into my life? My life's in complete upheaval and disarray right now. But once again, we don't know the future. And God knows what's going to end up being in your future. So things may be in complete disarray now, but ultimately they're going to be the most beautiful life that you have ever had because you were open-minded enough to listen to God. So when you leave the house each morning, you don't automatically arrive at your destination without taking a few turns, without stopping at a few stoplights. The same is true when you are living in and listening to God. God gives you, puts you on those detours. Those detours are the lessons that you need to learn because you, know, you can't just walk into a job, for instance, and know exactly what you want to do or how to do it. You have to learn. You've got to go to the classes. You have to have the experiences in order to understand how to do something efficiently. Well, God's the same way. He opens a door and he sets you off on your mission, but you've got to be prepared for that mission. You've got to be trained for that mission. Like a, like a Jedi Knight, you know, you don't just wake up one day and know how to, to wield the, uh, the lightsaber. You've got to learn to do it or else you're going to cut off your arm and your hand. Fortunately, the lightsaber cauterizes you, so you don't have to worry about a cut. But nonetheless, I digress. Um, like I said, you have to learn how to do these missions, how to accept these missions so that you're ultimately prepared. The last thing we want to do is walk into any battle, not knowing how to swing a sword or shoot a gun or fire or, or you know, archery. You don't want to be unprepared. You want to be prepared as you can before you walk into that battle. So just imagine something even bigger than the battlefields we, um, that we've seen in our lifetimes right here on this earth. Imagine the spiritual war. Imagine walking into a war like that, facing demons, facing Satan, and being unprepared for it, not having your armor mended, not understanding the importance of prayer or how to fight in a spiritual battle. The last thing that God would do is just throw us right into a spiritual war because we're going to be ruined immediately, especially if you don't have that strong faith, especially if you don't take the leap off of that ship because you trust God. You were going to walk in that water right towards our Heavenly Father. We have to be prepared. We have to be ready for everything that God puts into our lives, especially what we're walking into right now. So how to walk through these open doors. When you are presented with opportunities or you have a desire to do something with your life, approach them with an attitude or a prayerful flexibility. And one that sees each door as just another phase of your life's purpose. Just remember that, guys. Embrace every opportunity that God gives you because eventually he's going to lead you to the ultimate opportunity, which is the missions that he gives you. Those missions that he sets you out on, that he walks you through, and he's standing there right at the end. God never leaves you. God will never put you on any mission without knowing that you're going to be able to complete it. Sometimes it takes a little longer. Sometimes we, we fail in the, in the meantime before we actually succeed in that mission. But there's no better teacher in this world than failure. Because winning doesn't teach you much, but failing does because you never forget why you failed. 
what you did wrong. And then you take that one moment in order to learn how to be better at what you're doing. So eventually you're going to easily succeed. We got to persevere. So preacher and Bible college professor Mark Moore once said, the journey that we call Christianity doesn't end until the hearse pulls up to the door. That being said, if you are questioning whether God is opening a door or a bargaining through one um, or barging through one, ask yourself these questions. Have you prayed about it? Most important thing that we can do, if you ever have a question about why God is doing something or if it's God that is opening that door and not Satan, pray for it. God is always going to give you the answers when that time is right, especially if it's something that's going to lead you down harm's way. God will always answer those questions before you turn around and walk down that wide path and leave that narrow one. Do you feel at peace in your heart about what you were doing? How do you feel when you um, are experiencing something? Um, do you feel guilt? Do you feel like there's something wrong? Or do you feel absolute peace in your heart? Because if it's God's door that is opening, you're not going to have that question once you make once you uh, go through that barrier. You're going to know instantly in your soul and your heart that you were the right thing. Is there anything about what you're doing that will be displeasing God? And that's important as well, because if you have that thought like, okay, well, maybe God wouldn't want this. You're probably walking through the wrong door. Turn around, go out, wait for God to open up that door. Will your actions take you farther from God or bring you closer to him? Anything that God puts into our lives is ultimately going to bring us closer to him. It's not going to push us away from him. If you start feeling like you were losing that relationship, losing that, that bond that you have with the Lord Almighty, and you're pulling away from God, Chances are the devil opened that door and God did it. Every door that God opens up is going to bring you closer to him and you are not going to have any question about it. Can you honor God and all that you are doing ethically, morally? See, these are the things that you have to ask yourself before you enter that, that, that door that, you know, that is open. If you want to know for sure that it was God that opened that door, it's always going to be ethical. It's going to be done with virtue. It's going to be morally. It's going to be something that benefits other people, not necessarily yourself. The devil doesn't do those things. He doesn't want you to do those things. He doesn't want truth. He doesn't want virtue. He doesn't want honor. He wants the opposite of that. So if in any way you start questioning the virtue, the morality of the ethnic, or what you were doing by going through that door, you're probably going through the wrong door. And then ultimately, does what you were doing coincide, um, strengthen, walk along the side of what scripture says? Or does it go against what scripture says? God's never going to send you through a door that contradicts what the Bible says. First thing that we always have to remember, first question we should always ask ourselves before we enter that door is, does this go along with what the Bible says? Because the Bible gives us all the answers. The Bible's not going to steer us the wrong way and nor will God ever. So when you answer these questions, honestly, You'll know whether that door that you're walking through is the one that God put there or the one that the devil put there. You won't have any questions whatsoever. So I've got a couple of Bible verses that I'm going to read here that kind of go along with the opening of the door. So these Bible verses about God opening doors, the Bible contains many examples of God opening doors for people. And when we study the scripture, we gain a much deeper understanding of how God opens doors and closes them. Here are some Bible verses that I've gathered today, and there's many, many more. I mean, many more that I don't have right in front of me, but I've gotten a couple of them right here. So continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. That's Colossians uh, 4, 2 through 4. Like many verses about opening doors, um, this particular verse tells us that prayer is the way to get God to open the doors for us. God will open those doors for us anyways. But when you are lacking something in your life, when your life has become stagnant, when you're focusing on the things that you shouldn't, when you're paying more attention to money, to flesh, to the earth instead of the kingdom, reach out and pray to God. Say, God, will you please open that door so I can get back on the path that you had destined for me? Um, next is, uh, now when they had come and gathered the church together, they reported all that God had done with them and that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. That's Acts 14, 27. God can open the door of faith to anyone, anyone, whether you had that relationship or not, because God wants us to have that faith. And sometimes those people that need the doors open the most are the ones that don't know God yet. 
That's our job right here, guys, right here in this day and this time. We're going to have a big battle, like I said, that we're going to be walking into. But right now, our job is spreading that gospel and helping other people find that relationship so they can recognize the door that's in front of them. So they can start to ask those questions and start walking to the right door instead of the door that's been opened to them by the devil. Because trust me, the devil's going to take advantage of everybody that he possibly can, especially those that do not know God. He's going to try to do his best to keep them from knowing God. And then us, those that are that are faithful, those that worship, those that serve Father, devil's going to try to open up doors for us because he wants us walking off our path. We are the greatest threat right here on this earth to all the evil because God uses us to do his will, just like David, just, just like many others in Scripture. God opens those doors for us so that we can serve him in greater ways. And that's ultimately why those doors are open. Life isn't about us in our home. Life is about serving our heavenly father and trying to earn our way or find our way um, to him, accepting him into our hearts, repenting for our sins, and ultimately ending up at the home of homes that we had well before we even came onto this little dusty planet. To the key of the house of David, I will lay on his shoulder so he shall open and no one shall shut, and he shall shut, and no one shall open. This is Isaiah twenty-two, twenty-two. When God opens doors, no one can close them. Likewise, when God closes doors, no one has the power to open it. Revelations 3, 8 repeats this theme and says, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. No, God, God seals these things. He welcomes in the Holy Spirit. There's nothing, there's no one, not even Satan, that can tamper with what God has set in motion. When God opens a door, not even the devil can shut it. When God closes a door, not even the devil can open it. When I came to the city of Treos to preach God news of Christ, the Lord opened up opportunity for me. This is 2 Corinthians 2.12. Um, God opens doors of opportunity. He doesn't open doors of destruction, purely opportunity. And we need to learn those, learn how to listen, learn how to walk to those doors because, you know, we benefit God right here on this earth. God has given so much to us. The least we can do is give everything back. He gave the most precious thing in this world for us. He gave his life so that we had an opportunity to get into heaven. We're all messed up. Evil comes after us at every corner. Jesus Christ came to this earth and recognized it immediately. Said, God, forgive them. They, not know, they know what they do. They're a bunch of sinners. We wouldn't have had a chance to get in heaven if it wasn't for Jesus Christ coming here to this earth. So what he gave to us was the most precious gift that anybody could ever receive. And the least that we could do is spend our time right here on this earth giving back to him, serving him every day, helping other people find the same love and beauty that we have the day that we found Jesus Christ. And ultimately, what are we doing? Remember I said earlier, when you benefit another, you're benefiting yourself. When you, when you harm someone, you're harming yourself. Guys, Every time we wake someone up, every time we introduce someone to Christ, every time someone makes that walk down the narrow path for the first time, our army, not only does our army get stronger, but the devil's army gets weaker. It's not about destroying it. It's about displacing it. It's about moving the pieces around. It's about waking up those souls, bringing them back to the kingdom. And in the meantime, we're also defeating the devil's army. And by the time we get into this war, it's going to be a very unfair battle. But here's the beauty about God. Here's the beauty about Jesus. If we were to take on a million-man army with just 300 people, with God's will, we could defeat it. But in the same thing, if we had a million men going against 300 people and it was not against God's or was against God's will, our army of a million could be defeated by that 300. God has more power, more influence on anything on this earth. Once again, he said to fear not, stress not. There's a reason he said that. We don't need to live in those negative emotions because it's very unhealthy for us. We need to live in the strength of the Lord Almighty. And if you truly trust in God, what reason is there to fear? None at all. Next, Paul and Silas traveled to the area of Aphrasia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the world or the word in the province of Asia at this time. Then coming to the borders of Messiah, they headed north for the province of a Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. This is Acts 16, 6 through 7. This verse shows how that the Holy Spirit can let us know when the door was not opened by God. And like I said, sometimes that's the hardest thing for us to understand is because the devil is sly. He's coy. He is the great deceiver. So he'll open that door. And when you look through that door, when you start peeking through the threshold 
everything on the other side looks amazing. And you're like, how could this, how could this be from anyone but God? That's the thing about the devil. He is way smarter than us. He's the great deceiver. And sometimes things appear as they are from God because the devil counterfeits everything that God does. But like I said, there are verses in here and throughout scripture that help us to understand not only what God, what doors God has opened, but also what doors God has not opened. So continue to ask and God will give to you. Continue to search and you will always find. Continue to knock and the door will open for you. Yes, whoever continues to ask will receive. Whoever continues to look will find. And whoever continues to knock will have the door opened for them. This is Matthew 7, 7 through 8. What does this verse mean? This verse explains how when we knock, God will open the door for us. We must be persistent and not give up. Even when it feels like God's not listening, God always listens. But sometimes God wants us to persevere. He wants us to have so much faith in him that we keep on asking until he does. God is, he's not just one who gives us everything. God gave us free will. He gave us the ability to make decisions. And that free will, we have the ability to love God, but we also have the ability to love ourselves more than God. And we get that choice. God didn't create a bunch of robots and drones that were forced to love him. He gave us that choice. Who wants to force anyone to love you? What kind of love is that? God gives us the choice. And when you are loved by someone that had the choice to love you and you know they truly love you, there's nothing that feels better than that. And I'd imagine God feels the same way looking down to us, knowing I gave you free will. You could have done anything you wanted to with that free will, but what did you do? You chose to love me. Out of your own instinct, you knew where you, where you needed to focus, what you needed to love. And like I said, God looks down. He smiles on us every single day. He knows that we mess up and, you know, he expects us to repent, to ask forgiveness for that, you know, just like we would for our parents, you know? Um, but that's the thing is we become better people. We become stronger people. We get closer to God and we're never going to be perfect. We can all die. We can always make that effort to be as Christ-like as possible, but we're never going to be perfect. The key is being better each day than we are today becoming better people, getting closer to God. And one day we're going to wake up and realize, like, look back into your life and go, look how far I have gotten. And there's no way I could have gotten to where I am today if it wasn't for that relationship with God. So, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and the singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of this prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Um, this verse shows us how powerful prayer can be. When we pray with power, the doors of opportunities will be open. And, you know, this is a great example. Paul, right here, one of the people that was a very questionable character in Scripture, Christian hater, did some really, really bad things, but ended up being one of God's greatest soldiers, was responsible for building more churches, spreading more gospel. I mean, he was like, he was an apostle, but he was as loving and devoted to God in the end of his life than, than some of these disciples that spent their time right next to Christ during their lives. God opens doors. And Paul, what a great example. Some of those doors that were open for Paul literally put him in prison. He was in prison. Can you imagine us guys right now going out, standing on the streets, praising God, trying to spread that gospel, standing in front of all these LGBT, transgender, creepy people, and, and doing what we knew was right and trying to spread that gospel so they had an understanding of the importance of God and how to walk away from the sin of their lives. And what happens? The police, do they arrest the people that are dancing inappropriately in front of children? No, they arrest the person who's out there preaching the gospel, the ones that are reading from a Bible, not harming anybody, standing on the side of the road, simply saying the word that came from the scripture, ending up in jail. Ask ourselves, God, why did you do that? But maybe God opened that door of opportunity so that you can change someone else's life. Um, Coy Griffin, one of my great friends, uh, um, the Cowboys for Trump, you guys know him. January 6th, what did he do? He stood on the steps of Congress and he read from the book, the holy book, the gospels, spreading the word of Christ, just like all of us should be doing. He didn't enter the, Cong the congressional building. No, he stood right there on the stairs reading from the Bible. And he ended up being arrested. He ended up being put in jail, I believe, for a month or two. And where many of us would have been like, God, why did you 
this? Why, why am I here? I was literally out there serving you. No, he was the Paul. He took that responsibility. He took that door that was open for him. And he sat in the cell reading scriptures to all the people in the cells. And who sat next to him? Who sat next to Coy Griffin in that cell? The shaman. We all know him, the shaman. And he was ripping pages out of his own personal Bible, folding them up and passing them over to the shaman so the shaman could read the scripture too. See, Coy took a circumstance that many of us would have cried about. We would have questioned God about. Why did you put me in this situation? But he seized the moment, just like Paul did when he was in jail. And he utilized his time to do God's work. God doesn't open any door for you that's not going to benefit you or benefit someone. It's just for us to take that moment to endure the situation, make the best out of it, and find out why God opened that door for us. Koi is one of the greatest people that I know, a true devoted person to the Heavenly Father, and did exactly that. He took that moment of distress for him, made the best of it, and helped other people wake up to God and to Jesus. Like I said, God opens doors for us. Sometimes we question. Sometimes we feel horrible. We ask those questions, why are we here? But God knows what he's doing. We only see the moment, but God knows the future. God knows what could possibly come out of this. So we just need to understand that God's going to be there for us and he's never going to put us into a situation that we shouldn't be in. So I've got a couple of more verses. Um, guys, I'm not going to be able to do any music today because uh, the moving truck has not gotten here yet. As a matter of fact, it's going to be here in about 20 to 30 minutes. So I'm excited about that. All my hard drives and all my music are in there. So I will not be doing any uh, post-show music today. So I'm just going to kind of keep some scripture going for a couple more minutes. So um, I got a couple of encouraging verses about opening doors. So um, when God opens these doors, um, don't try to close it because of trials, which is sometimes required. No one can close the door that God has for you to have um, confidence in the Lord. If it's God's will be done, remember, he always has a plan. Watch out as well for the doors that God closes. So some doors are not, God, um, are not God's will for you to enter them, and God closes it for your own protection. God knows everything, and he knows that if you are in the path that leads you to danger, God's going to do what he can to close that door so that you're not walking into that danger. Because we can't see. Like I said, God can see all the way down the road. We can only see 100 feet in front of us. So pray to God continuously to know his will. Rely on the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always tell you if something is in God's will. So allow the Spirit to guide your life. So when God opens a door, he will never cause you to compromise or contradict his word. Many times God will confirm um, his will through his word and through others such as godly counsel. God will bring people into your life. He will bring interest into your life. He will bring circumstance to your life to um, kind of back up, to prove, to show you that this is the way that you need to go. God's not going to just leave you hanging. He's not going to create an ambiguous situation. He's going to intervene in many, many ways, and we are part of how he intervenes. He'll put me into someone's life. It may not even be for my circumstance but for, or for my growth, but for yours. You may do the same thing to me one day. God uses every one of us to be his lessons, to be his words, to be um, everything that he needs, just like he's used animals throughout Scripture to bring things to people, to, to tell things to people. God uses absolutely everything on this earth so that we um, understand. The key is, like I said, how does God speak to you? He speaks to us all in different ways. We just need to recognize and to see how many different ways that God speaks to us. So when God opens a door, he will never cause you to come. Excuse me. Um, excuse me. Usually, um, you know, when a door is open from God, when you have to rely on him. Um, because we always have to rely on him. The biggest thing that we do in our lives is sometimes we think that we can get through something on ourselves. And we get proud like, yeah, look what I did. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. God did it through you. And we need to thank God. The moment that we get through a situation, the moment God opens the door, the moment God brings anything to our lives to get down on our hands and knees and thank him for what he brought into our lives. Some people try to do things in the arm of the flesh, but when it's in God's will, we must ask him to bless the work of our hands. But our hands do his work. Our, our voices speak his words. God utilizes every single one of us in the most amazing ways. So we must ask him to strengthen us and to help us daily. So if God doesn't make a way, there will be no way. That's just how it is. So we seek first God's kingdom, number one, open the doors that will strengthen your prayer and your life and your faith. Always begin with prayer. God will answer every single time. 
Um, when it's an open door and you know that it is God who is really at work, once again, remember that the Holy Spirit will give you an uneasy feeling if he wants you to keep that door closed. Um, keep on knocking on God's door. Sometimes the door is a little cracked open and God just wants us to persevere, to peek through it, to pray, to see what's behind it before he actually opens that door. When the time is right, he will fully open that door in our lives. We are very impatient people. God is the most patient being on this in this universe. God absolute patience and we need to be as patient as our heavenly father. Um, it's just really difficult because this world just works so fast. We need to work on God time. Enjoy every moment, not just rush to the destination, but take the time to enjoy the journey. When God sees you doing your part, developing what he has given you, then he will do his part and open the doors that no man can shut. When God closes the door, he always opens a window. Um, we've heard that saying many times. Don't give up because normally in the last key on the ring is which opens the door. It's the same thing when you're looking for something. It's always in the last place that you look. We just got to remember it's it's always on God's time. So just be patient and know that if something's not happening in your life right now, there's a reason for it. And God knows that reason. And we trust God. So we need to trust that God knows his timing. Revelation 3, 8, like I said a minute ago, I know all things you do. And I have opened the door for you that cannot close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word, did not deny me. We need to obey every word by God. We need to, like I said, pray so we understand that it's his word, not the devil trying to sneak up into our lives. 1 Corinthians 16, 9 through 10. There is a wide open door for a great work here. Although many oppose me, when Timothy comes, don't intimidate him. He is doing the Lord's work just as I am. Isaiah 22, 22. I will give him the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. When he opens the doors, no one will be able to close them. When he closes the doors, no one will be able to open them. Acts 14.27, upon arriving in the Antioch, they called the church together and reported everything God had done through them and how they had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles too. Acts 16.16-7, next Paul, and so actually I already read this one right here. Um, there are hundreds and hundreds of verses in there about um, opening the doors. And, you know, take the time to go through scripture. One thing that I've always loved doing that I've kind of gotten into, and uh, the, I've got the Blue Book Bible. Um, basically, it's an application that covers uh, everything. It, it has multiple different versions of scripture, because I know some of you are comfortable with some scripture, and some of you are uncomfortable reading certain scripture. Um, you know, like a lot of them don't like the new um, age ver or the newer versions of scripture. A lot of you like the original um, copies of scripture and so forth. That's the great thing about this app is it actually, um, when you go into a certain verse or something, it lays them all out side by side. So you can go from one to the other to the other and read the way that the differences between each different um, version of the Bible, which I find to be awesome. But another thing that's great about it is I can type in something just like I did today. I can go in and type in, God opens doors and it will give me everything through scripture that talks about God opening doors. You can type in love and it'll bring up everything that it says that it even mentions about love. You can do that, you know, Satan, demons, it does that. It makes um, going through your scripture easy, especially for someone like myself. I've never read the Bible straight through. I'm one of those people that I'm either looking for something specific and I'll read something here and then it becomes like a rabbit hole research for me where I go through and try to dig in as much as I can to the topic that was in this verse or this book into another book into another book. Um, or some days I'll just grab my Bible and I'll just close my eyes and I'll open it up and then I'll go back to the beginning of that book or that verse and I'll read it all the way through. Um, it's important to do that at the very least, read a verse or something all the way through, because if you just read one line within a verse, you may be missing the context before or the context after um, that situation. So reading it all together kind of brings it um, together to where it's a little bit more understandable. We all read scripture differently. We all perceive different, um, we perceive the same verse, 10 different ways. You hand it to 10 people, they may have 10 different ver or visions or understandings of what you just read. And to me, that's the beauty of doing this, this type of church style. You know, you go to a one church, your regular church, and you've got a preacher up at the podium speaking to the congregation, and you're getting his viewpoint. And that can be a beautiful thing, but I've said before on my show, it could be one of the most dangerous things in the world because if they're preaching false gospel, 
you've got a whole congregation that is walking that wide path away from that narrow path because one person was teaching you the wrong interpretation of scripture or teaching you something that wasn't in scripture at all. We're seeing more and more examples of that with the LGBTQ preachers. Um, if you watched my show a couple nights ago, I had a clip of a female preacher at a Methodist church who was bragging about her abortions, literally saying that God blessed her and was there with her. She had her abortions. This is very, very dangerous. These kind of shows um, to me, because to me, this is church. It's coming together in numbers and talking about God, reading scripture, having a better understanding it. I tell you what, what I see in, in a scripture. I read what you have to. I'll bring what you said and bring it out here so that we can all learn. We can look at the different perspectives and come to a, a great understanding of what that meant. Because um, sometimes I, like I said, I'll read something and then I'll go back and I'll read it again a year later and see it completely different than I did before. And it's only because I've grown closer to God. And this is why we can't stand on our own. This is why first we must always stand with God, but we also must stand with one another because we love each other. We're Christians. We're, and I don't even really like the word Christian anymore. You know, Scott and I had this conversation last night. I prefer follower of Jesus because that's what we are. We're followers of Jesus. You know, I, I never really looked at it this way, but you've seen how the world tries to divide us all every day. They try to divide us by race. They try to divide us by politics. They try to divide us in every way. How is the word Christian any less divisive? Because you're separating yourselves from other people that may believe the same exact thing as you. That's why I say we are followers of Jesus. We are followers of Christ, whatever you want to call it, because you're not being divisive. You're just saying, hey, this is who I love. This is who I follow. I'm proud to say that I do so. And you're not being divisive. We are all the children of God, no matter what, you know, you believe in God, even those that don't believe in God, even those that look at God in a whole different way than we do, we're still all the children of God. It's not like there's 10 gods up there that created 10 different religions. You know what I'm saying? Some of us are just lost. Some of us uh, went the wrong way from the beginning. Some of us didn't have parents that led us down that path. And we ended up finding the wrong person, which led us, led us down the wrong path to the wrong um, religious view. And that's one thing too, is um, although I know a lot of people, sometimes you say spiritual and they, they look at it as new agey. And I don't look at it as new agey. I look at it as a separation from the word religion, which should become more political to me. It's a, a political, it, this is where people dull their hands. This is where the devil goes. He goes into the religion to try to distract you. But the spirit, the spirit's within us. That's what true spirituality is. It's not the new age thing like, you know, oh, thank you, universe, for what you've given me. No, 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 no. The moment you start saying, thank you, universe, you know what you're doing? You are worshiping the creation. We're not here to worship the creation. We're here to worship the creator. And uh, this is how we grow. We don't want to stumble. We don't want to be pulled the wrong direction. And that's why it's important, like I say, every night at the end of my show, the importance of unifying with one another, the, the, of coming together, having a better understanding, lifting each other up when we fall down. Um, there was a, a comment after one of my shows a couple of nights ago that, uh, you know, because I was talking about um, uh, the village. It takes a village to raise a kid. And I explained what the village was and how important it is not only to make sure that you know who your kids' friends are, but make sure you know your friends well enough to where you're having friends that are bad influences on your kid. Everything that we do as adults is um, influencing our children in some way. So we have to be very, very cautious about the way that we do influence our children or, you know, influence them the wrong way. It's the last thing we want to do, you know, so coming together to raise those children, to speak to our children is the most important thing because you want your friends to be people that raise your kids up, inspire them, send them off on that other thing, because there's nothing worse than, you know, a kid not knowing God and then becoming a teenager and the teenagers get real rebellious. If your children don't know God by the time they're a teenager these days, you know how hard it's going to be to get them to God? I mean, I know some great people that are extremely close to God, that raise their kids up in the greatest ways they possibly can, knowing God from the moment they were born. And some of those kids get distracted, brainwashed, led down the wrong path the moment that they leave our site. They go into school. They get around the wrong kids. I use the example of Eddie Haskell. If you guys ever watched Leave it to Beaver. You know, he was like the politician. I mean, he was around that family. He was the sweetest, nicest, butt-kissing kid ever. But then the moment he got away from the family, he was nothing but a big troublemaker. You know, this is why we have to keep our eyes on the prize and know exactly um, what our children are up to and so forth because the children are the future. The children are the ones that are going to really carry on the change that we're making right now. And uh, we're making significant change. Like I said, we are the reason that we are where we are today. Um, the generations of the past have failed God. They've walked away from God. 
our country that was founded upon Christian values is now anything but Christian values. But over the last year, um, I'm watching more people come back to Jesus, more and more people come back to God, more and more people finding both. Because like I said, sometimes you got to, you have to see how evil the world is to realize that there's a God too, because there's always that calendar. And sometimes, like I said, it's, it's seeing, looking the devil in the eyes before you realize how real God is. And many people are waking up because of that. Many of people are seeing the earth, um, the way that it's becoming right now. And they're finding God in the process because they're finally finding a reason to reach out. And God is, is one of those amazing things. He's given us all the opportunity to find him, to wake up, to see the truth to have that discernment and see what, what lies be behind that veil. And um, many of us did so without a struggle. Um, but God's going to take the next attempt. And sometimes he's going to give you a nudge, a punch on the arm or something in order to get you to wake up. And hopefully that's what works. But just like any good dad, just like any good mother, sometimes you got to discipline your child. Sometimes you got to remind your child what consequence is in order for them to wake up. And let's hope that they wake up at that point because my friends, my family, we are running out of time very, very fast. We are reaching that precipice of the world changing. Um, the devil's doing everything he can to make that change. There's certainly a battle between good and evil that's going on in this world. But people are finally opening their eyes and not just finding God. But seeing all of the miracles that he's performing, seeing the actions that are taking place behind the scenes that no one can see, you know what I'm saying? Evil stands out like a sore thumb. It's in our faces every day. Every time we flip on the television, we watch a movie, we watch the news, evil stands out. Um, the miracles that God performed, you have to open your eyes, your heart, your soul in order to, to see. But once you see it, you see it everywhere. And that's the beauty of what we can do right here at this very time. Keep people calm keep people informed, keep people aware, keep people aware and, and focused on our Lord Almighty, help find God by spreading that gospel, staying on the narrow path ourselves, helping our, our brethren, our sisters, um, all of our family um, stay strong during these times because we're going to have days of weakness too. Um, and especially these days because devil's coming after us. He's making us unhealthy. He's doing everything he can to intervene in our lives to make it absolutely miserable so that we walk away from God. But here's the kicker. God uses everything to his advantage. The most evil person doing the most evil thing, God could take advantage of that and use it into his favor. And I'm watching this every single day as people come closer to God, using the, the works of the devil to open people's eyes building God's army more and more every day. And we may be sick now, we may be ill, we may be financially unstable, but eventually when it's time for that war, we're going to be as strong as we need to be in order to complete this war. But family, um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today for uh, this Bended Knee. Like I said, I will be here every single Friday. It's been a long time. It's been months since I've done this and I'm excited to be back. Um, I myself will be taking the weekend off because if movers are finally here, it's been a very uncomfortable two and a half weeks sleeping on the floor, um, having to go out to eat so unhealthy. Oh my goodness. I can't wait to, I'm cooking pancakes, grits and eggs and bacon tonight, guys. That's what I'm going to cook for my first meal in a while. But, um, guys, I love you all. I can't tell you how much I love you. I'm so thankful for every one of you, um, for being here today, for being here with us all the time. We're going to get through this. Every single day, we're going to get stronger and stronger. And by the time that we get to that battlefield, we're not going to be sick anymore. We're not going to be unhealthy. We're going to have everything that we need in our artillery. We're going to be praying more and more. We're going to be making great, great changes to this world. And we're going to be prepared for that battle that we're walking into. Our armor is going to be fully mended. We're going to be standing side by side next to all the the hierarchies of angels right next to us. We're going to be facing the devil and the demons face to face at some point. But fear not. Stress not, worry not. We know how this book ends, and that is God wins, and we are on the right side. Guys, I love you all very, very much. Do not miss Bards FM tonight. Great, great announcement coming. I'm excited. I know you guys will be too. And remember, the Abended Knee Prayer, the Long Prayer Show, will now be on Saturday mornings. I believe it is 10 o'clock uh, Central. I may be wrong. 10 o'clock Eastern or Central. Look it up. He's got it labeled. He's already got it set for the, the show um, for tomorrow. But guys, I love you much. Have an absolutely beautiful weekend. Keep on praying. Reach out to one another. Let everybody know that you are here for him. We're going to get to these days just fine. We're going to win this battle. And we are going to get closer and closer to God says. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Have a beautiful weekend. And I leave you with this. We shall pay any price.
bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray, we stand, we live by the words, in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. For those of you left, have an absolutely beautiful rest of your day. And like I said, don't forget to miss them. Don't forget to listen to the official Godcast. We'll be here in a little bit. Um, Douglas's show. Don't forget to listen to the Conley show. Always great news. Who doesn't love the Conley? And then Bards FM tonight. You do not want to miss that show. Some phenomenal news coming. I am excited, guys. You're going to love it. Have an absolutely beautiful rest of your afternoon. Go out and get some coffee if you're tired. Take a nap if you're real tired. 
Um, listen to some good music. Do something that makes you feel good. God, thank God for everything he's been given. Guys, I love you all very, very much. I will see you soon. And God bless.